Disney Cruise is no ordinary vacation. It's an adventure, a fairy tale, a dream. Step aboard and discover where favorite Disney characters meet fun for the whole family, where total rest and relaxation meet the ultimate escape and excitement, where a dream vacation meets a magical cruise. Only on Disney Cruise Line, where magic meets the sea. Contact Magical Park Vacations to book your next Disney cruise today. Visit MagicalParkVacations.com. Welcome aboard Imagination Skyway, your grand podcast tour of the magic. I'm your host, Matthew Krull, and in today's episode, we are going to discuss whether you should consider joining Disney Vacation Club. It's perhaps a question that you have asked yourself in the past, and it's a question that Joanna and myself asked for many years, and it came as a surprise to many listeners of the show who had asked in the past that we actually were not Disney Vacation Club members. That is until this year. I am very proud to announce and very thrilled to announce that Joanna and I finally made the decision to become Disney Vacation Club members this year. We officially joined in April of 2023 and closed on our contract just one day before I am here recording this podcast episode. This topic is very extensive and includes so many different moving pieces, and it's not necessarily a question that's going to be answered at the end of this podcast episode, but my uh, my hope with this podcast is that you'll learn a little bit more about some of the important questions you should ask yourself in considering whether Disney Vacation Club is right for you and your family, and some more important information to know going into this question to decide if it is right for your family or not. And it's not just me on this podcast episode, but a couple of experts who are also Disney fans, friends, and Disney Vacation Club members who have had many more years of experience as members than I do. So they share a lot of really great information about their experiences, and I will introduce them in just a couple of minutes. Because this topic is so extensive, this is going to be a two-part discussion. So this episode is just part one, where we're going to introduce this topic and discuss some of the basics of Disney Vacation Club. And you can stay tuned for our next podcast episode, which will be part two, where we will conclude this discussion. And again, this does not cover everything about Disney Vacation Club, but at least covers some of the basics. And I also think it's important for you all to know that while we are Disney Vacation Club members, this is all our personal experiences as members. So you should take this information as such. It is, I hope, a very objective discussion, including some of the pros and the cons of Disney Vacation Club or some of the reasons why you might want to consider or some of the reasons where it might not be the right fit for your family. But as with anything else with this type of decision, it is something that does require a great deal of research. So I hope you use this episode as a starting point or 
another great way to learn a little bit more about Disney Vacation Club, but you go beyond this episode in doing some more research, some number crunching, and trying to figure out if it is right for your family. But I can say that for many, many members, Disney Vacation Club is such a great value and something that so many Disney fans have come to love. And we're going to talk about some of the reasons why we love our membership as well. At the end of the show, we'll return to Imagination Central, where I'll share some ways in which you can stay connected with Imagination Skyway, how you can continue the conversation about this topic with other members of this listener community, and how you can help to support and inspire the future of this show. Please remain seated, keep your hands and arms inside the podcast at all times, and enjoy your grand circle tour aboard Imagination Skyway. So last month, I announced that my family and I made the decision to finally become Disney Vacation Club members after years of deliberation and research. And so many of you had reached out asking a lot of questions about Disney Vacation Club membership. What is it about? How does it work? And most importantly, is it a decision that I should make for my family? So to do that, I wanted to get a group of experts and fans together to chat about Disney Vacation Club and all of its little intricacies at a somewhat high level because it is a very rich, in-depth topic and we will not get to everything today. But I wanted to welcome back to the show um, first, Philander or PhilanderC85 on Instagram to the show. (laughs) How are you doing, Philander? Excellent. Always excited to hang out with you and Brooke. Same here. And you just queued up Brooke McDonald. How are you doing, Brooke? (laughs) Hi, I'm great. I love this group and we can we could talk all day. So I'm excited to talk about this topic that we all love. Yeah, we dipped our toes in the water with just talking about Disneyland vacation planning. And I feel like that was just super easy compared to this topic. But it's one that I feel confident the three of us can tackle. And I feel like we should probably jump right in and start by talking about our unique or personal Disney Vacation Club journeys. Um I'll go last. I know it's freshest in my mind, but I'm actually going to start with Brooke, um, you know, looking for a little bit about your Disney Vacation Club journey, you know, when you became a member, what prompted the decision, um, you know, and what is your home resort? We'll start with those three questions. Sure. So um, we I've, you know, grown up going to Walt Disney World. staying typically on property. Um, And when my son, who is now turning 10, was born, um, we we used to go quite regularly with him and we would always stay at the Swan and Dolphin. Um, So kind of, and I grew up going and staying on property with parents, but um, in my adult life, trying to save money, um, the Swan and Dolphin is definitely really great value um, and as close as you can get to being on property, but not in a Disney owned and operated resort. So um, we absolutely loved that location. Uh, just, you know, moments from the boardwalk and from Epcot, um, Epcot's International Gateway entrance and Hollywood Studios. And um, so that was kind of our regular place to stay. And then um, as we were looking ahead to having a second child, 
Uh, we started to get worried about growing out of a single hotel room and, you know, what are we going to do about when one kid needs to nap and one kid wants to play and chat. Um, and we kind of made it work with having a balcony at the Swan and Dolphin, but we just, we knew that we needed more space and we knew that we were going to keep coming to Walt Disney World regularly forever. Um, so started looking at Disney Vacation Club and um, because we absolutely loved that location, the boardwalk um, is my my favorite spot. We loved making that walk from Swan and Dolphin along the boardwalk to Epcot. So um, we just started taking a look at that and ended up choosing to buy at Boardwalk as our home resort. Amazing. And I believe that you added on points at some yeah. point as well. So when when did that happen and where did you end up adding on? Um, so as, as typically happens with DVC members, as soon as you get points, you all, your, your next thought is, oh my gosh, I wish I bought more and you start looking for more points. So, um, uh, I think it was only about a year and a half after, um, we did buy a second, uh, resale contract, um, at Saratoga Springs. And, uh, this was before, um, they tightened restrictions quite a lot on resale contracts as well. So, um, that contract did come with, most of the membership perks um, that buying direct would did at the time and does now. That's a great deal. And we're going to talk about the differences between direct and resale a bit, because that's another question that I know a lot of aspiring members and even current members will ask about in the, you know, regards to buying or adding on direct and then the same question with resale. But um, so just to give people an idea of your current allotment of points you don't have to share exactly how many points you have but what do your annual vacations look like with the number of vacation points that you have with dvc so this is kind of a fun you know story our journey on how we use our points um you know i shared that the reason we were really thinking about having two kids and needing two separate rooms and needing the space um, but that sort of phase of life with naps and crying babies and having to be quiet um, goes fairly quickly. And so um, we initially purchased at the boardwalk with the thought, um, and this is something that I always recommend, is you buy for exactly your ideal use um, to start with. So we love the boardwalk. We love the boardwalk view. And when my kids were little, my husband and I would sit outside on the balcony. Um, you know, kids would go to bed at eight o'clock, but our night, we didn't want it to be over. So sitting somewhere with a great view and being able to hang out, you know, we still got adult time in a lively atmosphere. Um, so that was another big driving factor for that location choice. And we bought, um, basically, we bought enough points to stay for a week in a one bedroom boardwalk view uh during that week between christmas and new year so a, you know a high points value time um but you know when we knew we would always want to go annually and um so basically my kids kind of grew out of that phase quite quickly and i very rapidly realized that um if i were to take that same number of points and stay all four of us in one room in a studio maybe even with a standard view that one week quickly becomes enough points to go a whole lot more um and so then once we realized we could use the same points and you know turn it into two trips three trips four trips we started buying annual passes for everyone and started going all the time and the rest is history um I so now the so my boardwalk contract in combination with my saratoga springs contract um to give you a sense of just how many nights i could stay um at the absolute lowest point value which can be nine or 
10 points um, per night in a studio, I, um, I'm happy to share that I have 345 points. So I could stay, um, I could stay for 30 nights in theory. Um, obviously that changes really quickly because uh, high point times get you a lot less per point. So, which I know we'll talk about more. Very true. Um, 345 is uh, something that I maybe will get to um, when I, because <laughs> I, I agree with you about wanting to add on points. We literally just closed yesterday and i feel like i already want to start adding on points and we haven't even used our points yet um so maybe we'll wait a, a couple of years before we do that but um before i get into my story i definitely want to hear philanders and i feel like we're going in order from like the in our group the oldest kids down to the youngest child in the group so philander for you what did your dvc journey look like you know when did you purchase what prompted that decision and what were your what are i should say your home resort um for me our journey started uh so we joined back in 2007 which was really funny for the vacation club cast because my wife and i we weren't married at the time but we knew we wanted to get married uh they were almost kind of laughing at us because it's not a decision you make lightly of course you sign a contract for quite some time so they thought it was very funny that these two young kids were in there making a, a commitment to like a 50 year 50 year like thing that you do for a uh, vacation club but we bought back in 2007 <clears throat> the kind of like the I'm, I'm sure you both will know this exactly the the time of when traveling to walt disney world and you know you would go into your hotel room when you got there and you would turn on the tv and the channel that always came up was the vacation club channel like now they kind of have that pretty thing where it shows your last name but they hooked me from that where every time you turn on the tv the channel immediately went to the vacation club channel so that would be a thing that, you know, once I was kind of done with resort TV or wasn't watching anything, I would fall asleep to that channel. So that kind of, it, it did exactly what they <laughs> what they intended. And I kept seeing that and seeing that. And we had definitely made trips, you know, at least once a year. And I knew like Brooke that we'd be coming back and would never just stop doing that. So that kind of helped me make that decision to kind of go in. And our first contract was for um, uh, Animal Kingdom, which is what they were selling at the time. And I think probably to most of the people that listen to you, Matt, we don't have to wax poetic too much about how wonderful Animal Kingdom Lodge is. So that was an easy, easy, easy sell for us. Um, and we initially bought in at 160 points. And we thought about it a lot like uh, Brooke did. That was of what they were selling at the time. That was definitely our um, our favorite. Um, and we picked um, the point value that made the most sense to us. And it was pre our, I mean, we have a six-year-old daughter, so pre our daughter being born. And we purchased that and we took our very first trip out and that was my that coincided with my wife's very first trip to walt disney world i had been previously um and of course got absolutely hooked and came back and purchased purchased another 110 uh so now our points are split out of those two between kadani and jumbo um and that kind of we stopped for quite some time after that then after our daughter was born um we ended up adding a tiny bit more at the Grand Californian that's uh, at Disneyland. So when they added on to that hotel. Uh, so we now hilariously have five contracts, but they're all little ones uh, that add up to <laughs> a, a bigger amount. So that makes our home resort uh, Animal Kingdom Lodge, if you count Kadani and Jumbo, um, Grand Californian. We purchased, like Brooke, um, an add-on resale at Riviera which is another small one. And then I just am in the process of closing for another small one at um, 
Disneyland, the new tower coming to Disneyland Hotel that opens in the fall. So we have a lot of little baby ones uh, that um, add up to a bigger amount. But that has kind of helped us, especially now that my daughter is um, getting older. And I think we have the same situation with, <laughs> with Brooke about naps and whatnot. We didn't have a second child um, for that. But same thing about kind of wanting your um, adult time to continue on after the kid goes to sleep, of course. And um, so we ended up uh, having all those together and we tend to travel when we go usually um because i live obviously out minutes from disneyland we travel usually maybe once or twice a year at most but when we go we love to bring friends and family along so because of that i think like brooke we're we're always staying in the one two or three bedroom villas we very rarely have done a studio just because um We'll take like uh, uh, friends or my sister or whatnot. So we always like that extra space. And my wife hilariously um, <laughs> is a big fan specifically only of the villas because they're so different from regular rooms. So that was another um, reason that we ended up getting um, more points that we could stay more so in theirs. But like Brooke, um, the point value that you can get depending how it's spread across all these uh, the different charts in the different hotels like we could stay somewhere on property for a month which is you know i don't think i would do that but i love that that is an option if <laughs> if we so choose and we don't have to feel restricted until having to be in a specific time or place uh and i know when people think of how chime shares work um for other companies or whatnot there's a lot of restrictions and i feel like we have zero even though i know there are it just feels like they're very few like very very few yeah, well, you have the most contracts, Philander, so you win between the three of us <laughs> for that. But uh, I love the additions problem. that you have. No, it's a great problem to have. I mean, and, and starting with... <laughs> so here's the funny thing about Animal Kingdom Lodge, and this this ties well into sort of my journey. So like Brooke, we, my family always went to Disney and we would stay our, our you know, quote unquote home resort at the time was Port Orleans Riverside. It was just like a great moderate resort. My parents loved staying there between the grounds, the price that you got. Um, and we spent a lot of time in the parks, not a lot of time in the room. But um, and when I was a cast member, I took my parents on the tour. And back then, I could have gotten them with my cast member discount. 15% off of Saratoga Springs was on sale at the time. They decided not to do it. And to be honest, for them, it didn't make a lot of sense. It was really more my sister and I were going to be going to Disney for years, not the two of them. And then when I met my wife, Joanna. I mean, from the first year we started going to Disney together, um, first year that we were dating. And we, of course, have continued to go to Disney year after year. We first considered Disney Vacation Club. I had taken, I think, two or three tours before my tour with Joanna. And that included when I was a cast member, just kind of exploring the options. I worked at Disney Vacation Club, both as a sales assistant and a marketing strategy intern. So I had a lot of the behind the scenes knowledge of Disney Vacation Club and wanted to just take a tour to experience that. And also I was at the time when I was interning there considering buying at the villas at Disney's Grand Floridian, but that was the first resort that for cast members, they did not offer a discount because of the high demands of the property, which made a lot of sense. I was still in college and said, there's no way I'm buying disney vacation club right now so i'll have to say so long to my dream resort which is grand floridian and we years later um right after that um or around the same time i had no no sorry i'd met i had met joanna before that but the timeline gets a little skewed but um 
in 2019, we took a tour and considered buying an Animal Kingdom Lodge because with Disney Direct, there is the option to, you can ask if they have older properties that are not advertised as being on sale. Um, so we had to ask about Animal Kingdom Lodge and um, I'll share the story during the buying process, but we decided not to do it. And then finally, um, the stars kind of aligned just last month where we saw the villas at Disney's Grand Floridian go back on sale. Maggie was now just a year old when they went back on sale. She's now a year and a half when we decided to become members. And, um, you know, ultimately we decided that this was going to be our home resort and this was the time to do it with so many years of Disney vacations ahead of us. Um, obviously we, you know, when we were first dating, we kind of stayed at Pop Century, maybe Caribbean Beach. And then as we kind of got more advanced in our careers, um, and got a little bit more settled in our careers, we started shifting more towards the moderate deluxe properties. So maybe staying at Grand Destino Tower, um, at Beach Club, at Boardwalk, occasionally at another resort. And so it just worked out perfectly for us to, to purchase at Grand Floridian when we did, um, and again, I'll talk a little bit about the uh, the sort of specifics of that when we get to the buying process. But um, we did go in with the mindset of getting enough for enough points for one week in the summer, which is the easiest time for us to travel as a family in a studio. But through speaking with so many Disney Vacation Club members, heard the two very important phrases that kept coming up which were to buy as much as you can reasonably afford and to buy more than you think that you need so we really listened to that and ended up kind of doubling down <laughs> and ended up with um 300 points at uh mm-hmm. the villa set to grand floridian which is enough for a week in a one-bedroom villa with a standard view at grand floridian um we didn't mind so much the for the great thing about Grand Floridian for us is that every view is a good view because you either get a theme park view, a lagoon view, which usually faces the Polynesian, or a standard view, which actually faces the golf course and the monorail. So no matter which angle you're looking at at Grand Floridian, you have a great view. So we thought just getting enough for the standard view would be enough for us. And that equates to kind of the same thing that Brooke and Flinder, you were talking about. I mean, if we we could spend if we just wanted a, a regular studio at Old Key West, we could stay there for a month um, with the point value that we have. Or at Grand Floridian, it, it adds up to about two and a half weeks um, that same time of year and just a regular old uh, deluxe studio, resort studio with a standard view. So we may add on points. We'll see. We'll we'll discuss it. Um, we already bought more than we thought we were going to. But again, already I am thinking we'll have to... Uh, have to expand and we'll see how our first trips go with Maggie. Um, and if there are more kids down the line too, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. I forgot. I, mine adds up to five forty-five. I didn't say Man, that. That's amazing. Um, and that's just. already, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how can I, I just gotta I have to do the math. Can I get to 600? Let's see. Um, <laughs> maybe add a, a second 300 point contract. Uh, well, we should talk a little bit. We're going to dive into, I think, the most important question first, which is how much does Disney Vacation Club cost? Because you, you know, you get the sense that this is not a a cheap purchase, um, which is important to get out there. But it's also not the most expensive purchase either. Um, and it, you know, the nice thing is that obviously there are there's the ability to, um, kind of 
scale up or size down the purchase value with the points that you're looking at. Um, and so, you know, th this is a complicated question because the cost is really more about the points that you get and what that means. And I know the three of us have kind of explained a little bit about how many points we've purchased and what that means for our family vacations. But Philander, I'm going to turn this over to you just because you're the uh, the one who probably gets this question the most of the three of us um, <laughs> from guests and from uh, your community. So how, when someone asks, like, how much does it cost to buy Disney Vacation Club? What's your general response for that? Um, I usually try to, I think with a lot of people, they look at it as a very elaborate thing and it, it really isn't. And so I try to kind of break it down to them. Like it's something that you're not necessarily paying for all at once, but to think about the fact that you vacation to Disney properties often, and you're almost, I almost like to say like, you're like prepaying for them in advance. Like if you know you're going, you're just giving them the money before you go. And I think that helps create that sense of um, understanding on, a, on an easier level for people, as opposed to, you know, talking about um, uh, different things, you know, because a lot of friends of mine, they, you know, look at it as like some massive expense. It was like, oh, no, I, I, I paid monthly for it. You know, they have ways for you that you can finance it. And I paid off my two initial contracts, but that was a, a 10 year, you know, lease. So I tell people, uh, you know, if you're staying at Disney properties and you're paying, especially if it's deluxe resorts and paying, you know, uh, 4,000, 3,000 a trip, depending on the room equivalent, you know, adding that up, uh, you're actually in the, you end up saving money, which is the big thing about why I initially joined when they mentioned you could save up to, you know, 60, 70%, 50% on your vacations. So I usually tell people it amounts to, um, uh, not that much, uh, if you break it down and to look at point charts and the, the customers there are very helpful in, in describing, you know, the cost of, you could say, depending on what you're purchasing, 15,000, maybe 20,000, but you're breaking it up over the course of maybe five or 10 years paying for it. Uh, and especially if it's money that you know you are already going to spend anyway, this is um, helping with that even more so when you understand that hotel costs will continue to go up and Vacation Club is kind of locked in. And I think that's a big thing because what hotels will cost 10 years from now uh, is very different when they cost right now. So I always do my best when I explain to people to make it seem a lot more simple, uh, make it seem as simple as it is and to take away like the big numbers and know that someone's there to kind of guide your purchase. And um, they're very helpful in making sure that it's not overwhelming and they don't push you towards anything, which is nice. You know, Disney guest service, of course, is quite well known and they are not trying to force your hand in any way. Even the last contract that I just purchased, you know, uh, the lady was super sweet and we sat and then we talked about it because, and I think they like you, Matt, I, they kind of helped me go a little higher than I initially planned, which is funny. Um, but I never felt pressured, which I think is really good. Yeah. Brooke, what would you add? Um, you know, just thinking and trying to think about um, the overall cost and if it makes sense. Um, one of the things that I always say is, um, again, Philander mentioned the, you know, the ever increasing prices of hotel rooms. Um, and, you know, if you're a family that regularly stays in, say, a value resort, um, it will it will take longer for you to kind of reach your break even point. And there are, and there are a lot of um, there's a lot of tools online, too, where you can kind of calculate and figure out where you might break even um, on your Disney Vacation Club 
investment based on your, um, you know, your stay and spend patterns um, on property. So if you're someone who stays, who goes every single year and stays in a deluxe resort, um, and you essentially buy the same amount of points to get you that same stay, but uh, in a DVC villa instead of in a regular hotel room, um, you reach that break-even point fairly quickly. Typically, I mean, we we hit ours a long time ago, um, and we, you know, part of the we were never in a position to stay for a week at Christmas in a boardwalk hotel room. I mean, that would be, you know, that's, it, it might be 900 or a thousand dollars a night, you know, at peak time. Um, so it, it, it really is easy to map it out and identify that. Um, but again, people who were already staying in the most expensive room types will reach that really fast. And it'll take a little longer if you were always staying in a value or a moderate. Yeah. And there are the two components of the purchase that people, you know, have to consider, which is that first Philander talked about the upfront cost of your basically buying your Disney vacations in advance, no matter if you buy with cash or if you finance it. And I don't know the split between I'm sure a, a, a guide or, you know, someone at Disney Vacation Club could could inform us about this, but how many people end up sort of buying with cash versus financing it. But that doesn't really matter because in either case, when you really do the math, the to Flanders point, you end up breaking even on Disney Vacation Club, um, assuming that you will continue to come back to Disney, which is part of the catch to this is if you do not <laughs> plan to go to Disney or if you um, go infrequently. So if you're the family that goes once every five years for like a big reunion, then you probably are not going to get the same value as the family that comes back to Disney year after year, um, no matter where you are staying on property. Um, so that's the first component is that purchase price. And then the second component is the annual dues or traditional time series will call those maintenance fees where you have a, it depends on the number of points that you purchase and it depends on your home resort. And you can look up very easily online what the annual dues cost per point at each resort. Um, but unlike the purchase price, which is a whether you finance it or cash price, a one time price, and that's what you pay, the annual dues change from year to year. They tend to increase year after year. Um, but they are, you know, the the rate at which those points inflate over or sorry those dues inflate over time i believe disney advertises is between like four and a half and six percent per year which pretty much holds on track with about what they what they do every year um but if you compare that to to our point earlier i think philander mentioned this um the way in which the hotel prices continue to increase year after year um, i happen to just look back at our trip last august staying at Coronado Springs and compared that to the price of the room this year, the exact same room, the exact same week. And it was 15% higher than it was last year. Part of that is I think rebounding from prices during COVID were a little bit lower. They had slowed the pace on the hotel room increases and they're kind of making up for that now. But, um, you know, the annual dues at the end of the day, the couple of, of mindset shifts and why it took me so long to make this decision were I first needed to understand that this is a purchase and not an investment because when you look at it look at it as a financial investment there are other ways to invest your money that make a lot more sense than something like this but when you look at it as a purchase 
knowing to Philander's point that you're coming back year after year and just spending money at the hotels, you're going to make back your money very quickly with this purchase um, than you would continuing to pay cash year after year. Um, just to quickly show the affordability, because I did my homework ahead of time. Um, I'm just, you know, I, I kind of did the math assuming that you are going in looking for the minimum 150 points that is required through Disney to officially be considered a Disney Vacation Club member, which we could talk a little bit about that too when it comes to resale contracts. But to have that minimum 150 point purchase, I didn't look at Disneyland Hotel because those point values are already higher um, than Disney Riviera Resort, Aulani, and uh, the Villas at Disney's Grand Floridian. But those last three resorts I mentioned are on sale for $217 a point. They generally offer incentives. Um, I didn't even consider that in this analysis because incentives are subject to change. But generally, you can typically find you're going to you know, get some sort of at least small discount even on a 150-point contract subject to the availability on the site. But um, long story short, if you factor in the 150-point contract at Villas at Disney's Grant Floridian and factor in the annual dues at the current rate. I didn't consider inflation because it's hard to compare and predict what that's going to be. But ultimately, if you pay with cash, the average value, let's call it, per night um, in a deluxe studio with a standard view for a random week in October that I just ran this analysis is $273 a night, factoring in your purchase price and your annual dues. If you look at the rack rate that you would pay cash, it's $878 per night. So it's literally 69% less than the value wow. of the room itself. If you were to finance it, and I looked at, you know, to Flanders' point, sort of like maximum financing, minimum down payment, which is 10%. So you put down the minimum amount. It's the, you know, roughly $3,300 today um, for that 150-point contract. And you finance the rest of it over 10 years assuming that your credit score is the lowest, so the highest interest rate possible, um, it boils down to monthly payments of $542 over those 10 years. But you're still, your average cost per night, looking at that same time of year, is $384 a night um, when you factor in the additional interest that you're paying um, by financing it. So no matter which way you look at it, when you think about the affordability, Again, this is rough math. It's looking at one example, one time a year, one room type. So you really need to take that with a grain of salt and do thorough research for yourself and looking into the math for your family. But that obviously speaks to, you know, even that that financing is 56% less than the uh, over the long run than what you would be paying per cash over that same period of time, not factoring in inflation, which generally outpaces um, in the hotel room scenario paying cash than the annual due scenario. Um, so, you know, the the affordability piece, obviously, it depends on how you typically vacation and how many points would be worth it for your family. But there's, you know, it's definitely something that um, for a lot of people can be affordable, especially if you are to all three of our points. Like if you're going to Disney year after year after year, no matter where you're staying, this is something that you might want to look into um, to see if it is something that makes sense for your family from a financial perspective. Yeah, I just tell people all the time if you if you are 
making those annual or at least biannual trips to Walt Disney World and you're already going, you should at least talk with them. Even if you don't decide, if you decide not to do it, it's definitely worth a a, a check-in. You know, I, I almost tell those people you're almost you're almost already vacation club members as it is doing what you're doing right now. Just go and talk to them a little bit. You may be surprised. And like I said, they're so wonderful about not pushing a narrative on you or anything like that. It's just asking questions and seeing, and they kind of help guide your hand. And uh, <laughs> so they're very good about <laughs> getting you to add on or whatnot. Um, and not again in a forceful way, but just uh, very helpful. And they. You know, a lot of the, I think the really great thing is a lot of the people who are assisting you are actually members themselves. So they speak, they speak on it from a personal level as well. So it's not just someone trying to talk to you about something that they only understand from a job perspective. They're also adding their own personal stories, which is great. Yeah, I, I found, we'll talk about the, the buying process. Um, in fact, maybe I'll, now let's, 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 uh, let's talk a little bit about the points before we get to the buying process. So you know, I think we, yeah, go ahead, Brooke. Sorry. Um, we might want to, uh, just for people unfamiliar, um, just to give a sense of the dues, um, because we, we have talked about this upfront cost, um, which, uh, also, you know, you can pay cash or finance. Um, but typically the annual dues, um, they are priced per point and they generally, um, it's from about, $8 a point um, through to, I think the highest point value might be just, or the highest dues amount might be just under $11 a point. Um, so I like, if you kind of just wanted to really ballpark average it um, overestimate a little bit, and you just kind of said $10 a point um, is pretty much like the 2023 20, average dues rate, I would think. And that's probably an overestimate slightly. Um, so for example, my, I think mine is closer to nine. So our annual dues right now for our three hundred and forty-five dollars, um, or our three hundred and forty-five points, is you know just a little bit over three thousand dollars a year. Um, and just to kind of give a real life example too, um, last week I was at Walt Disney World and I um, you know bookended a Galactic Star Cruiser stay with a, a night on either end at Boardwalk. And um, I just looked at if I were to stay at the Boardwalk those two nights in a hotel room. It was it would have come out to somewhere around a little over a thousand dollars um you know so that's already a third of my annual dues which actually get me you know like i said it could get me 20 or 30 nights for yeah. my points absolutely crazy and you're right brooke i think the when i um i just happened to just look them up uh one of the reasons i really liked grand floridian other than the the charm and the location is that it ironically for being the signature resort on Walt Disney World property or being or the flagship resort I should say on Walt Disney World property it has the lowest annual dues um which is seven dollars and 33 cents a point as of this year 2023 and the most expensive is it's actually Vero Beach um which is 12.85 but that you know if you're looking at Walt Disney World property you're you're right on the money Brooke it's between like eight and eleven um dollars per point that you're looking at for those those annual dues um and i guess so that people have an understanding of like what those annual dues are like why is disney charging me every year that's the uh, you know again timeshare typically calls those maintenance uh, traditional timeshares will call those maintenance fees but those are helping to pay for some of the operating expenses of the resorts um which is why they also vary from resort to resort so i think 
you know, Philander in your case, Animal Kingdom Lodge on Walt Disney World property is on the higher end um, because not only do you have the resort, but also animal care there. So those are this year, $8.81 um, per point. Uh, but that helps to cover a lot of the, again, the maintenance, the operations within within those resorts. Um, that one warms my heart because it means yeah. a little bit of that money is going to those animals out there uh, <laughs> for them to get care and foods too. So that's really nice. I, yeah, I remember like feels thinking, good. thinking about that. Yeah, it feels good. <laughs> um, the other way I sort of framed this in my mind was, um, you know, when you think about the the purchase price and the the annual dues is that, um, you know, it felt like the, the purchase of Disney Vacation Club was um, like a similar a similar sort of thought process to like buying a car um, with again, those same mm -hmm. sort of options in place, paying with cash or financing it. You, you, unless you're, you know, for most people, they lease the car. They just, they go and they stay and they don't technically own it, but they're sort of renting it for a preset period of time, as long as they go. Um, or I guess more similar to renting a car, I should say, than, than owning a car. But um, the, the annual dues are, in my mind, almost like paying for the insurance on the car. Um, it's a sort of set amount. It's going to go up a little bit every year, but um, it's uh, you know when you think about the and then the the I guess the more car you have, um, the, <laughs> the the higher the insurance is going to be as well. But um, not an official example, but just sort of in my head, um, you're looking at about the the price of buying a car, um, depending on how how many points you get. Um, and, uh, and paying for the insurance every year, but, um, let's talk about the point system a little bit. Uh, you know, part of the reason that Disney vacation club is, you know, quote unquote inflation proofed when it comes to the purchase price, obviously the annual dues do increase, but, um, the purchase price itself is inflation proofed is because when Disney creates a resort point chart, they are fixed in that total allotment. If you add up the total number of rooms, the total cost per in points per room and the total nights of the year, that total point value is fixed and could never change. Um, so Disney can make some adjustments. I think the, the easiest example that I can showcase for why Disney would move things around is Destination D23 is once every two years at Walt Disney World, and it's at Contemporary. So there's a high demand for Bay Lake Tower if there is Destination D23. So Disney might pull away some points from another time of year to make Bay Lake Tower's point value for, for this year would be September 8th or the 11th at Walt Disney World um, you know, a little bit higher because there is a little bit of a higher demand for those rooms at that weekend's event. But um, again, they cannot just add points um, without taking them from somewhere else. So you're basically buying into a system where the total point value is never going to change. So your value for points at that resort is going to stay consistent over the length of your Disney Vacation Club ownership, uh, which is a really nice way to think about it too. But when it comes to using your points, this is not like a traditional timeshare where a traditional timeshare you'd buy into a week, you'd have a particular room i have relatives who have traditional timeshare and they have the exact same week the exact same room number at the exact same resort every single year that's where they go wow. disney vacation club is 
obviously a, 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 a flexible point system um, where you can use your points at different resorts, um, different rooms, different times of year. So, you know, again, I'll turn this one over to, to Philander first. Um, you know, how do you describe the point system um, and in working within the point system for Disney Vacation Club? Uh, I usually like to, uh, like to mention it. I'll say uh, you get a certain allotment of points and those points are essentially recycled every single year at the exact same time. And then with the amount of points you have that, uh, like Brooke mentioned, you pay the cost per point, um, then you get to decide uh, wh- how you'd like to use those. And there are you know, tons and tons of options based off of all the different properties that Disney owns. I mean, Walt Disney World is probably the best uh, way to describe you know, the amount of options, um, but you have your points that you can use at a specific location. And I think Disney does a great job of listing those points out in that very helpful point chart. So you can decide truly how elaborate you want your vacation to be, whether it's using all your points, let's say if you have a hundred and that hundred points gets you, you know, five nights at, um, uh, beach club or, uh, Bay Lake tower. And then also depending on the size of the room, so if you have just your family of four going, you may just need a studio and that will cost less points than a two bedroom villa. And maybe if you like to go in a certain time of year, uh, if it's you know less busier on Disney property, they'll have those points uh, less cost less. So when you travel, uh, if you go maybe in January or February, those will cost less uh, because it's the um, not as busy of a time of year as opposed to if you went to summer. So that kind of flexibility allows you to decide what's right for your family for this specific vacation, um, as opposed to, you know, you can use those 100 points. Maybe you only use 50 uh, and you travel two times that year, you know, as opposed to like you were mentioning other timeshare, other timeshare type things where it's the exact same thing every single time, same hotel. I like the flexibility of getting to stay um, at uh, different types of resorts, depending on, you know, maybe they, we just want to change it up or I think it was Brooke, you had told me we were talking not that long ago and you said, and I know we'll talk about the difference between home resort and non-home resort, but you said your Saratoga points were your, your seven month points or something like that, where you mentioned about like, those are used for staying in other properties, but um, getting a chance to really be as flexible as possible and decide, you know, how long your vacation will be, how, what type of room do you need? you know, what time of year works better. Maybe you want that New Year's Eve at Walt Disney World, which is so much fun. Or maybe, you know, the kids are out for uh, spring break and that's where you want to go. Or, and I like that. Um, there really isn't, uh, it's not rigid at all. It, it, it truly is how you um, are designing it, you know, and the amount of properties that are available to you to choose from also helps too. You're not, if that one place is booked out, there's other options. So I love the fact that, um, those points that you are paying for um, have that same kind of recycled time period. So each year, now if you only have your 100 that you purchased with, or let's say 100, 150, you can do so many different things with them. Brooke, would you add anything in terms of the the flexibility? Because I know that, uh, well, you just talked about your seven month points and your 11 month points. We'll talk, I'm going to lean on you Brooke, <laughs> first for, cause I feel like I've come to you second for a lot of questions uh, about the home resort topic. But, um, when it comes to the, the point flexibility, is there anything you would add to that? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think Flanders example is really good about, you know, being able to stay in different locations. And, um, I really like that 
you, you know, so if you're go depending on what you're going for. So if you're going for a Mickey's not so scary, you know, being a big focus, well, it's absolutely wonderful to be able to walk back to Bay Lake tower instead of take a bus to the boardwalk. Um, you know, so just kind of what your vacation is going to look like at any particular time. Sometimes when we are going at a really busy time, um, and we spend a little bit less time at the parks, that's when we would choose maybe a resort that we absolutely love the grounds of and the pool or, you know, and we like to hang out at more. So, um, you know, if you go in January when it's cold, the pool maybe doesn't matter as much as it might in the summer when it's so hot that you really need pool time. Um, so that and just the fact that you can constantly choose and we, you know, we talk about where are we going to stay this time? And it's so fun to just kind of be able to have choices and pick and choose and change it up. Um, we also do a lot of split stays because we make a lot of um, last minute decisions. And so sometimes you can't get five straight days in one resort. And so we break it up into two. Um, but I think we'll probably talk about that um, if we tackle the 11 month and seven month window. Yeah, that that topic's coming up next, actually. So the um yeah, the 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 point flexibility is awesome. And the one thing I'll add to the flexibility part of the equation is the idea of banking and borrowing points as well. So if there's a year that you want to have a bigger stay or to Flanders point from earlier, you want to bring some friends and family with you to enjoy that vacation. Or if you know that you're not going to be going to, uh, you know, use your points the following year for whatever reason that might be, perhaps you're taking like a a really big vacation somewhere else and you're sort of like just expensing your whole travel budget outside even including the room um you know you're spending three weeks in europe or you're you're going to see tokyo or it, it could depend but for whatever reason that might be um if you're not going to be using your vacation points you can decide to in your current year if you have points left over and you're not going to be using them um to bank them into the next year you have to do that within a certain period of time which depends on your use year but you know there's there's a little bit of complexity to that which is a little bit more advanced but essentially you can bank your points or, or bring them into the next use year and then same idea if it's currently 2023 um and i want to borrow even some of my points you could choose how many points you want to borrow but if i want a little bit of a bigger trip this year i can borrow some of my points or all of my points from next year and pull them back into this year and have a bigger stay or more vacations this year or however I see fit to use those vacation points. So it's nice to not only have the flexibility within your current year to make all these decisions, but also in any given year to decide to carry your points forward into the next year or pull from the next year into the current year to make some of those decisions too. Um, so it's and nice I think, to have um, flexibility. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you summarized that really well. And I think, too, um, one other thing that you can think about, because we've talked a lot about if you're going on a Disney vacation every year, but because um, there is a way to use this banking and borrowing system to make it work where um, a smaller point purchase would set you up to be able to plan to always only go every two years. Um, and so you're, you know, you're your overall cost is less, but you can bank and borrow and you don't have to go every single year to make it still work for the long term for your family. Yeah, that's an excellent point, too, that I didn't even, uh, didn't even remember to bring up. So I'm glad you did. But yeah, that does set it up really nicely for even families who are maybe just going to Disney every other year. 
one more thing. Um, this is generally not advisable by a lot of members, but you can also transfer your points in a number of different ways. So you can choose to use your points with Disney Cruise Line, Adventures by Disney, Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. Um, you can use your points at technically all of the Walt Disney World resorts and Disneyland resorts. So if you wanted to stay at Disney's Yacht Club, um, you know, maybe you're bringing a pet with you and you want your pet to stay in the room with you you technically and want to use your points i mean you technically can because disney's yacht club is one of the the pet friendly hotels um you can technically transfer your points into the walt disney world resort collection um, or the disneyland resort collection and use your points there you can even use them at art of animation pop century like you can use them at any of those resorts the trick is that the point value generally isn't as um you know, when you talk to members as worth it um, when it compares to using your points at Disney Vacation Club properties. And then at the same time, you can also transfer your points um, to use at lots of destinations around the world that are not even Disney properties. That comes with a, a, a transfer fee, which I believe is $95. Um, there's other booking restrictions. And again, you have to kind of look at the cost to see if it's worth it to transfer those points for that particular vacation. Um, but there's flexibility beyond even the just traditional Disney Vacation Club resorts that you can use these points in a number of different ways, um, which is also very nice as well. Let's talk about home resorts, because um, this also tag teams with reservations um, there. You know, we've we've talked about the fact that all three of us collectively own at i don't think we have any overlaps for the disney resorts that we are members at um so we have all these home resorts between the three of us and uh you know each one comes with a different cost for annual dues they're they're different properties so why make the decision uh on a home resort and how do you make the decision on a home resort and brooke i promised i would throw this one over to you first Yes. So um, basically when you choose in choosing a home resort, um, it's really, even though we've talked so much about the flexibility and being able to stay anywhere you want to, um, I always recommend you really need to choose a home resort that you would be happy with only staying in that resort ever for the duration of your contract. That's not going to happen. But um, if you, particularly if you travel at peak times, um, your home resort is going to be your best bet to lock in and secure a stay there. So basically, um, home resort uh, is bookable at 11 months from the date of your the, your, the date of your reservation, and uh, everything. All other resorts are seven months. So um, typically, if you know when you um, are going to want to travel, it is very wise to book your home resort at 11 months, even if you think you might want to stay somewhere else. Lock that in, hang on to it. Um, we always do. We always make sure to do this for um, for between Christmas and New Year's and for spring break, um, because that's going to be that's going to be our best bet to make sure that we have a place where we want to be, um, even if we kind of would like to try something else. We've got that locked in. So. Um, so you book at 11 months and then you can always change it up at seven months if you'd like to. So that's why, um, Flander mentioned my, my seven month resort, Saratoga Springs. Um, we, Saratoga is, it's just had beautiful refurbishments. It's a wonderful resort. It's walking distance. Um, a lot of the rooms are walking distance to Disney Springs. 
Um, our family doesn't spend a ton of time at Disney Springs, so that's just not a resort that makes a lot of sense for us. We like the ones that are walkable to parks. Um, so we always, we very rarely stay at Saratoga, but we always use those seven months. Uh, I call them my seven month points. We use our Saratoga points, you know, basically anywhere and everywhere, including, you know, at uh, Aulani or Grand Californian um, or anywhere else at Walt Disney World. Yeah, I forgot to mention Aulani too, by the way, when I talk about using your points, you can also go to Hawaii with your Disney Vacation Club points and stay at Aulani. And that also could be your home resort. So <laughs> it's uh, another option for you. Um, yeah, Philander, for you, I mean, how uh, would you add anything or how do you tend to, to use your points? Because you have four, was it four home resorts? Five now? It's technically four. They, they kind of count Kadani uh, and Jumbo as two yeah. separate ones, despite it being largely the same thing, because they don't differentiate it when you are choosing to stay at either one. Um, but uh, what we do usually is we'll, just because I'm on the, the, you know, in LA, the furthest from Walt Disney World, we usually do largely one big trip a year. And depending on what we're looking for as far as who's going with us and what time of the year, we tend to try to travel just to get the most out of our points in the month of January. Uh, it's my wife's birthday, so it's a great time for us to go. I, we also love um, Festival of the Arts at Epcot, so it's an easy win to go out there for that. Um, but we'll, like Brooke said, we'll lock in um, uh, at usually Animal Kingdom first because that's where I have the collective most points. And then at around seven months, if we want to try somewhere different, we'll move it into a different space. But um, having that locked in at Animal Kingdom is always great. And we initially purchased in because we definitely love that hotel. Uh, it's it's truly wonderful. And they um, we like having that assurance of going, even though January is not a super crazy time at the resort, that assurance of knowing you've got it locked in. And then at seven months, I'll see what else is available and we'll try something new. So now we've kind of when we initially first started our ownership, we were only just there. And now we've stayed at, you know, I think more than half of them now with most recent stays. You know, we tried Riviera and uh, I was just at Saratoga not too long ago for two nights just to see. Um, like Brooks said, sometimes there's not a lot available. So the last trip that I did was a split stay between Riviera and Saratoga, um, which is great because that was my first time seeing, like Brooke mentioned, the, the redone Saratoga rooms, which were great. And we got a room that was across the right next to the bridge that gets you the spring. So that was really nice to go over for dinner. Um, but that uh, purchasing in where you, like Brooke said, where you, that is your, like your favorite hotel. You love that hotel. Getting there is great because if you even go only once or twice a year, always having that one kind of locked in is great because you know you love it as opposed to just buying it randomly and then actually not caring as much to stay there and you really prefer it another place and then you have to wait towards seven months and not that that's bad there's still definitely inventory at seven months to stay places but uh you may be doing split stays or may not be the exact week you want so purchasing in at the place that you know you really enjoy or fits or that your family maybe it's you really love that pool that's there or maybe your favorite restaurant is there you know or um the room theme is really wonderful you know like something that kind of gets you in there um, but that 11 months is, uh, can be pretty key if you are someone who, you know, you have kids that are going out in spring break or summertime when the resort is really busy. Um, I know I'm going to have to do with that at some point, my daughter, as she gets older, you know, it'll be, it, it gets harder to do those January trips. So I'll be moving into like a, the spring break time or the summertime or maybe Christmas time when those point values are higher. So I like that the, um, 
locking in at one space depending on how much you purchase is uh fantastic and i know like especially for you matt that was really great hearing uh your story about the grand floridian and that being like a place that you you know that meant such a big deal to you growing up and kind of getting your spot there and you'll always have that as your home resort but occasionally if your family wants to you know explore around and try something give it it's not challenging really at all to uh find some place at that seven months so yeah i like the uh that flexibility yeah, ironically, and I do want to add, if I may, um, yeah. we're talking a lot about 11 months and seven months, which are still, you know, fairly long lead times for those of us who like to be spontaneous and aren't big planners. Um, and so I just do want to say sometimes, you know, again, you may have to do a split stay, um, but you certainly don't have to have everything planned at seven months. Um I ha we are traveling twice at least um, this summer, and I don't have either of those days set yet. <laughs> I'm still working on them, and it's um, it's kind of fun to constantly be searching and looking for your ideal room. And you can create wait lists um, for what you're looking for as well. But I have almost never not found a place to stay, um, you know, at more or less the last minute. So. Um, you can be spontaneous, but you won't necessarily get exactly what you want if you wait too long. Yeah, I, it's a great point about the wait list and the fact that you have a really user-friendly dashboard to book these trips. I have been playing around with it for fun. Just we, we did book our first Disney Vacation Club stay, but I've been playing around with other times of the year just to get familiar with it. And it's amazing how easy it is. And then, you know, getting it down to... If it's not available for the days, if the room that you want is not available for the days that you're traveling, you can open up a calendar that shows when it is available around that time of year um, and tells you, spells out exactly like, here's how many points you have. Here's how much this reservation will cost you in points. Here's your options. If you don't have enough to pull them in from the next year, or how many you can borrow from the from the next year or pull in from this year. Uh, it's it's nice to have such a user-friendly um site as as user-friendly as the the walt disney world resort website when you book a stay um but it feels even better knowing that i'm not gonna have to put my credit card in at the end this is a paid for room that i've paid for in advance like that just looking at that had made justified the cost for me for disney vacation <laughs> club just that that no pressure of like all right how much am i gonna how much am i gonna be paying for it this time um but it's already uh it's already paid for in advance the one thing I'll add with the the home resort is the it's kind of mentioned here, but I wanted to reiterate the sense that if you are very particular about where you want to stay, and especially if you travel during peak times, and if you know that you absolutely must have Bay Lake Tower for Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party or Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party, um, not saying that you can't get it if that's not your home resort, but it's a lot more challenging to get that resort if it's not your home resort um, and you're not booking within that 11-month booking window. So if Bay Lake Tower is your must-stay for those Magic Kingdom events, you might want to consider looking into making that your home resort. And honestly, one of the biggest resorts on my resale list is Brooks, which is... Um, boardwalk because my family loves the the whole crescent lake area and epcot is our if uh if like walt disney world's a second home for us then epcot's like our home park like it's just our default this is where we go this is where we hang out we love the festivals we love just dining our way around the world 
So having the ability to walk to um, Epcot, and we are planners because we have to be with um, with Joanna's teaching schedule. So uh, so we are typically booking these things pretty far in advance. So uh, we are doing a cash stay um, because the deals this summer are pretty fantastic, especially for annual pass holders. So we're actually doing a uh, a pretty great deal on a cash stay in a one bedroom villa at Boardwalk. Um, and kind of testing out the waters a little bit, seeing if maybe that's an opportunity for a, a second contract uh, in the short or the long term. But um, bottom line, home resort, if you are, this is a resort that you absolutely like want to stay in year after year, then that's the home resort that you should pick. Um, or even to Brooks point, like a park that you want to be walking distance to, consider those places as well. Let's talk before we get to one more thing before we get to the buying process um you know we're talking about disney vacation club Welcome back to Imagination Central. I hope you enjoyed part one of our discussion about Disney Vacation Club and found the information to be useful and helpful in helping you to decide if this is the right decision for your family as well. And be sure to stay tuned for part two. Our next podcast episode is going to be the rest of this conversation with Brooke and Philander, where we round out some of our final thoughts about Disney Vacation Club and some more important information for you to consider. I, of course, do want to turn this conversation over to you and ask what other questions you have about Disney Vacation Club membership, or if you are a member, what advice you would offer to aspiring Disney Vacation Club members. You can submit your answers and questions and join the conversation by finding Imagination Skyway on your favorite social media channels. You can find links to all of those places over at imaginationskyway.com. I've posted this question to many different social media channels, most prominently our Instagram page and our Facebook group. Those are the two best places where you can chat with other members of our listener community. And if you are listening to this show years after or months after this episode has aired, feel free to tag me in a post or share some thoughts in a message or in a story. And I would be happy to continue that conversation with you as well. And even easier than that, if you join our Facebook group, you can also sort of resubmit this topic or bring it back to the top of our discussion group and start a conversation there. If you don't subscribe to Imagination Skyway, I would encourage you to hit that subscribe or follow button, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or any other podcast app, so that you're the first to know when new podcast episodes become available and you never miss an episode of the show. And if you have a moment to leave a rating and a review, in that podcast app that goes a long way to help the show out, especially if you're listening in Apple Podcasts or in Spotify. If you leave a rating or a review that helps increase our relevance in those communities, lets others know what they can expect when they listen to the show. And if you found this episode to be really helpful, of course, I hope you'll leave us a rating or a review following up on this episode as well. If you'd like to take your love of Imagination Skyway to the next level and help support the show and help make sure that we can continue to deliver 
even more content for you. Uh, please look into our Patreon group. You can learn more about that at imaginationskyway.com community. Our Patreon group is what keeps this show going. It truly would not be possible without our Patreon members. So I as always want to give a very special thank you to our supporters on Patreon. If you join, you get access to lots of additional benefits and extra content. Get access to bonus podcast episodes of the show, streamable binaural audio that I've recorded from the parks that you can enjoy at your leisure whenever you're on the go. You can access a private Facebook community where we host different events and watch parties. There are lots of different benefits that are available by joining our Patreon group. Um, These terms and conditions are subject to change depending on when you're listening to the show, but most importantly, it all goes to help this show continue to run. So I appreciate you considering joining that group again over at imaginationskyway.com slash community. And if you're ready to book a trip to Walt Disney World or Disneyland or Disney Cruise Line, Aulani or any other Disney destination, perhaps if you want to see what these Disney Vacation Club villas are like for yourself, you don't have to be a Disney Vacation Club member to book a room in a studio or in a villa, but you might want to reach out to our friends Magical Park Vacation so that they can help set up a reservation for you at one of these locations or any other location you might have in mind. They are a complimentary service as are so many travel agencies, but what I love about them is that they really are an incredible team of Disney fans and are very service-oriented in helping to make the most of your Disney vacation, um, help to look at your different options that are available, and help book your vacation for you. They really do provide a lot of extra pixie dust for your trip, so you can reach out to them at MagicalParkVacations.com or online at Magical Park Vacations. And consider working with their sister company, The Park Planners. You can find them on social media at The Park Planners. They not only help to plan and book your Disney vacation, but iron out all of the specifics when it comes to your day-by-day itinerary. Consider them to be sort of your expert guide in helping to create the perfect plan personalized for your family. They go above and beyond in their concierge planning services, and I have always really enjoyed working with them. You can reach out to them again online at The Park Planners. Last but not least, I want to encourage you, as I always do, to go after your hopes, your dreams, your goals, whatever they might be. Candidly, Disney Vacation Club was a goal I had in mind over 10 years ago, and there were opportunities I had to become a Disney Vacation Club member before. You know, it took me a long time to get to this point of proudly being able to say that I did make this dream come true, but it was the culmination of a lot of work and planning and saving up and doing everything possible to research to decide if this was the right decision for my family and working through all the details to make it truly the perfect decision for us. And I encourage you, whether your dream is to become a Disney Vacation Club member, to take a trip to Disney, the first you've taken in a while, to start a business, to reach the next level in your career, or just simply to make changes in your life to make a happier, healthier, better life for yourself, to quit thinking about it and start doing it. Start taking actions today to make those dreams and goals come to life. Thank you so much for riding aboard Imagination Skyway. And remember, if we can dream it, we can do it.
For many of us, our love of magic began the first time we ever wished on a star and dreamed it would come true. Or when we realized that no matter how old we get, we never really have to grow up. And that same magic comes alive every day in the places where our families can go to be a part of the stories that have captured our hearts as they stay magical year after year. And it's all thanks to Walt Disney's love of storytelling and his dream of making magic real for families all over the world. As he once said, you can dream, create, design, and build the most wonderful place in the world but it requires people to make the dream a reality. People like you, who want to revisit the magic again and again.